We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Uh, But welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, first of all, before we get to kind of the main topic of tonight's podcast, it's kind of been a sleepy three or four days. I wanted to ask you something. You know, Combine, this past week is supposed to be one of the tentpole periods Mm -hmm. on the NFL calendar, right? So why is it that it doesn't really seem like Broncos fans have cared all that much about what's going on the last week, like Combine, news and rumors coming out? Like, it seems like Broncos country kind of disengaged a little. Not everybody. Those of you in the room, you're not counted in this. I'm talking about a little bit more macro. But why why is that, in your opinion? I think you're on to something. I've, I've felt the same uh, way. And credit to, I believe it was Luke the other night with Thomas Hall. He mentioned that there's not the same buzz. Or it might have been Thomas, actually. There's not the same buzz around the combine. And it's not really Broncos related. I feel like the entire league... Everything got pushed back a few weeks with the new coach hirings and the and the offseason calendar. I feel like maybe the combine's overshadowed now by free agency and the draft. But for the Broncos, we talked about this off-camera chat about business. How, if you're a Broncos fan, do you get more excited when, than when the Broncos traded for a head coach or a quarterback? They right. made such franchise-altering moves in back-to-back years that can a Broncos fan get excited about a defensive end running in his underwear at Indianapolis Combine? It's it's hard to really top those two events, but I feel like as a whole, every fan base, there's not the same buzz around Indy this time of year. What if the Broncos had a first-round pick, and what if they had a second-round pick? Do you think it would be different? A little bit, yeah. I mean, there'd be a little more hype around the draft, and maybe that's because, you know, the same thing with the draft is it because the Broncos don't pick, but I don't know. I just I felt it from the entire league. Every fan base is not the same press, not the same hype, not the same. It's not the same spectacle as it was in years past. I don't know the reason for that, though. Kind of interesting. We're hecka grateful for all of you, though, that are in the room with us, that have been in the room with us, uh, listening after the fact on demand reading the articles you guys keep us going so thank you we love you we appreciate you uh the main topic tonight and then uh well i guess a couple quick hellos mike s jumped in first he got the first comment in on the stream back uh, over an hour ago so thanks mike kevin gray on youtube david mcelrath jumping in i'm just gonna grab david real quick thank you papa bear mcelrath in the house with a very generous super before we even went live that's how you know he's a he's a top dog he says good evening Broncos country, Chad, Zach, Deacon Scott, and Dylan. Buck he says. MHH for life, Denver Broncos for life. You are a big dog, my friend. We love you. We appreciate you. Speaking of another big dog, F.A. in the house. Wow. Thank you, F.A. Top rope. Love you, big dog. Thank you. Uh, He says, hey, guys, hope all is well, by the way. She said yes. LOL. Congrats are in order for F.A. That's awesome, dude. Mazels, that's – hey. Good for you, F.A. Good for you, buddy. Thanks for uh, giving us the update. Definitely. Congratulations. But what is he doing, Chad? At one of the 10 Paul moments of his life, he's here supporting us on our podcast. So, F.A., you are the man and uh, you're 
gratitude toward us is always appreciated. Thank you. You rock, dude. Thank you, F.A. Um, all right. With that, and again, congrats. Um, let's talk about a few things I wanted to get into here tonight. Because as far as like bona fide news, some buzz, some rumors from the combine, nothing that we haven't really already uh, analyzed and discussed at length here from Tuesday of last week to current. But one thing that happened over the weekend that was quite interesting is Derek Wolf. Yes, he of the Super Bowl 50 fame um, appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast as a as a guest, which is really cool to see. I mean, that I think the main reason he was getting pulled in was because of all of his hunting, you know, basically Derek Wolf's hunting prowess and that story that went viral of him tracking that cougar. Right. Uh, and taking down that or, yeah, that cougar. Uh, that had been killing 14, 15 dogs in, in Colorado. Anyway, so I think that's what maybe got him on the radar, but it was really interesting to hear what he had to say to uh, Joe Rogan. And the first thing that I want to talk about, Zach, is Derek Wolf, as we know, a uh, very talented player, former second-round pick. Lord knows what the ceiling for him would have been were it not for really just some bad luck at times with the injury bug. Two things I want to get your thoughts on, Zach, that he said. The first one being that, when he had that, uh, what the doctor, the Broncos doctors initially called a stinger, uh, was it 12? I think it was 2013, 2013. Uh, and he actually lost feeling from his neck down on the field. Didn't get it back for a couple of hours at the hospital. Had to be rushed by ambulance to the, to the hospital. He was back on the field in two weeks. And his story about that, like his kind of inside baseball, pardon the mixed metaphor, was a little uh, disappointing, and that is that the hospital doctors and medical professionals around him surrounding his injury were kind of like, uh, you definitely should not be getting back on the field anytime soon, whereas then he'd hear a different tune, Zach, from the team doctors that were like, oh, no, no, yeah, yeah, you're, you're going to be good after Tuesday, and then back onto the field he went. Do you think that's how things always are? Do you think that's standard operating procedure with the NFL, or do you think that's maybe – how it was, you know, because let's face it, that was 10 years ago. That's what I was going to say. Unfortunately, Derek Wolf peeled back the onion and exposed some pretty nasty and brutal truths about the NFL. It's a sport we love. It's a sport that we cover, make a living out of, Chad, but it is pretty uh, doggy dog and cutthroat. Remember any given Sunday? Remember LT's oh, yeah. character, Shark? Yep. Remember yep. how he begged for the painkillers and there was that... Uh, uh, corrupt doctor that was managing him that right. I feel like I'm not reporting anything is more prevalent than players and teams want to let on. And unfortunately I think look at uh Tyrod Taylor. He got poked in the lung by the team physician when he was trying to get an injection. There's mal I don't want to say malpractice, but there's incompetency on every level. And sometimes it extends to the medical staff as well. And it's almost like a codependent uh, situation because we can sit here and say to, uh, you know, we can castigate the medical staff back then who was trying to, quote unquote, rush Wolf back on onto the field after a frightening, terrifying injury um, where he bruised his spinal cord. But at the same time, Wolf was wanted to get back on the field. Right. You know, so there's that razor's edge that teams and players have to have to walk because, yes, teams are incentivized to get their highly drafted players like Derek Wolf. He was their first pick in the 2012 draft. Didn't happen until whatever it was three picks into the second round, but he was basically viewed as a first round pick for this team. Broncos. Yeah. They want to get him back on the field as soon as, you know, uh, feasibly possible. Wolf wants to get back out on the field because he's worried about all the money he might be losing by not yeah. staying relevant, staying on the field, staying productive. Uh, so it ends up kind of being two forces at, at work here that combine to at times create some unfortunate situations on the injury front topic, one other thing I want to say is we remember that 2019 season. That was Vic Fangio's first year in Denver. And Wolf was having – he talks about this with Rogan. I was having a career year. I was on my way. And then remember that uh, after the whistle play where he popped his elbow and he was mm -hmm. done for the year. He missed the final quarter of the season. Still finished, if memory serves, as the team leader in sacks. Um, but anyway, he says, Zach, that injury – cost him his estimation is somewhere upwards of 20 million because he was in the contract year and if we can remember you know not only was he cruising to get paid because he was having a great season but um he ended up landing with the uh, baltimore ravens later right. at what 
obviously, in his opinion, was a discount relative to what it would have been had he not suffered that injury after the whistle. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's definitely unfortunate. And and to the topic of the player wanting to get back on, that's the catch-22 that teams and players are in. You know, you want to do what's best for their health, but you, you want to do what's best for the team. And most times having your better players on the field is what's best for the team. Look at the Dolphins and Tua, you know, managing those concussions and gauging whether he should play or whether they should play the backup, even though it would hurt the team. The thing with Wolf, though, and I appreciate him opening up and, again, peeling back that onion – he was always injury prone, though. He could have been a terrific, not Hall of Fame, but a very, very, very good player his whole career, but he couldn't stay on the field. So it was more, I think, of a Derek Wolf problem than a freak injury costing him millions, though that is unfortunate how it turned out. But I tell you what, this man, uh, he talks about how defensive linemen are just different dudes. They're, they're just different. They all have, they're all kind of like snap cases, weirdo anger cases. Um, most of them come from, uh, let's just say, less than ideal upbringings, whether it's broken homes, troubled youth, situations, things like that. Um, And he talked about his life growing up, uh, not a – I mean, we've heard – I've heard rumblings and rumors, and he even talked about when he was first drafted uh, uh, that he kind of came from nothing, so to speak. But he shared some heart-wrenching stories about his mother's – his, his former stepfather that would like if he looked at him crosswise he would just like punch him in the mouth literally like a child you know an eight, 9 10 11 12 year old kid punch him in the mouth get him on the floor kick him while he's down call him you know uh, impugn his what's i can't use the the word but like his masculinity all right call him a something um and so that kind of feeds into how do these guys become such weirdos because it's war these d linemen dude in the trenches it's war and it gives you a little bit, though, Zach, and then we'll grab F.A., of a window into just kind of where this aggression and this wild man, you know, wolf man, uh, Viking type mentality these yeah. dudes have to cultivate. Yeah, that was really well said. And I think the same applies. And what we're seeing with uh, Garrett Bowles, he had a really troubled childhood yeah. as well. And he plays a position that requires a lot of aggression. And we saw all the aggressive penalties he's had. I've always respect. I wasn't the biggest fan simply because uh, not personal, but just professional. He couldn't stay on the field, but when he was on the field, he was a really, really terrific player. And I always appreciated the a thousand percent he gave in every snap. And also the edge that he played with the deaf woo and the, the mentality yeah. he brought to that Broncos defense. I want to talk about one of the ways he, uh, develop that edge but first let's grab fa uh thank you dude big top rope super chat number thank you, two tonight thank you. helping us keep the lights on on what's been a very sleepy weekend so thank you brother he says i think broncos country is just scared don't want to get our hopes up lol why are the chargers fans panning joe lombardi that's the broncos new offensive coordinator do they realize 
Justin Herbert and that offense was very prolific with him as a play caller. He says, I'm glad we have him. So on the subject of Joe Lombardi, for those of you scratching your head at all over the what he's getting at here, he uh, served as the offensive coordinator for the Chargers the last two seasons. Obviously, uh, Justin Herbert continued to mature, take additional steps in his development to the point where – because what was my biggest complaint about the Chargers? Wake me up when they make the playoffs with yeah. this Justin Herbert. Well, they finally did that, but it was an early exit, Zach. And Lombardi was made the scapegoat, which plays into, uh, you know, Sean Payton's hands. But your thoughts here for Epe? From what I understand, um, Chargers fans were really unhappy. It was not so much. I mean, they all realized the development, you know, progress he made with Herbert, but it was the play calling. And that's the that's the the beauty and the beast of an offensive coordinator. When you're successful, you're the hero. And when you're not, you're the goat. Someone on Twitter cut up all of Joe Lombardi's first down play calls. And they were mostly runs and they were making the point that he's predictable and vanilla. Well, they didn't show all the other play calls that were successful on first down or second down or third down. The thing is you're not getting Joe Lombardi, the play caller that's Sean Payton's job. And we should all be thankful. He has that job. You're getting Joe Lombardi, the assistant, the other brain in the room, and also a quarterback developer who, who worked with one of the best elite young quarterbacks in the league and now has a chance to turn around Russell Wilson. I think it's a very encouraging hire. I do too. I mean, he's uh, to point to Zach Bernstein's comment here. We got Sean freaking Peyton. The buck stops with Peyton and that's really who the brainchild is going to be of this offense yeah. to begin with. But what's encouraging about the Lombardi hire is, you know, he didn't have a lot of success as an OC under um, Jim Caldwell with the Detroit lions. Uh, but he did have some success with the Chargers. He kind of fizzled down the stretch of his tenure there. And, of course, I think it was more a political PR move to a head had to roll. There had to be a scapegoat. They decided to make that Joe Lombardi with that early exit. But what's encouraging is this is a guy that knows how the Sean Payton sausage gets made, so to speak. Sure. Top lieutenant for many years, understands the quarterback dynamic and expectation that uh, Payton has. And, of course, from the scheming and the the game planning and stuff, these are – Two old, um, these are two old uh, generals, so to speak, that are getting back into the war room, and I think that's encouraging. Chad Beach jumping in on Facebook. Thank you, big dog. Great to see you. Appreciate the stars. It says evening, fellas in Broncos country. MHH for life. Bridge the gap. Heck yeah, dude. Denver Bronx for life. Thanks, Chad. Um, Michael Ronquillo, legendary figure at MHH. One of these days, we got to get Michael out to the to one of our annual meet and greets at the stadium. Yeah. But, Mike, great to see you. Thank you, brother. Buck them indeed with a B, all right? Buck that stuff, you know? And then Phil McLaughlin, this reminds me, this is as good, Scott, a segue as any to uh, get into some matters of business and then a few other things I want to dive into on Wolf. But, Phil, jumping in. Love you, big dog. He says, good evening, Priest and Deacon Scott. Hope you had a great weekend, guys. Do you think Asang Bassi? is worth a look if available. MHH for life. Buck him. Zach, Asang Bassey, I want to say um, he's a free. He's one of those. He's either – I'm pretty sure he's unrestricted free agent. I'll double-check that, but former undrafted nickel corner from uh, Wake Forest. A starter as an undrafted rookie on Vic Fangio's defense, which is no uh, mean feat. The fact that he was able to make himself that indispensable to Fangio's defense as an undrafted rookie out of Wake Forest – was great, but then kind of interrupting his momentum, he suffered that torn ACL as a rookie, uh, chewed up, spit out by the whole IR, you know, that whole thing. And then he landed with the Chargers for a minute mm -hmm. and then came back to Denver. But what do you think? Do you want to see him uh, remain a Bronco? I think you nailed it with Fangio. I think he follows Vic to Miami. I mean, Miami's always looking for secondary help, and Fangio knows him. It's the same Bassie's entirely a jag in my view and you have a better younger player on the roster who they picked up as a udfa last year and jaquan mcmillian i always thought that he can take bassy's job as that uh backup slot corner behind kwan williams i'm moving on from uh saying bassy i'm moving on from a lot of the players chad from that vic fangio era i'll keep a couple but for the most part it's a clean slate under of all people vance joseph now by the way, great article today from Mike Evans at milehighhuddle.com. Go read it. Two free agent uh, players the Broncos should target to fit the Vance Joseph defense. Great read. Marcus Lewis Henna from across the pond on Facebook throwing down. Thank you, big dog. He says, hey, guys, respect to you and all Bronco fans from the U.K. 
right back at you, brother. And speaking of Facebook, we have an announcement, okay? We did the raffle for Facebook. Winner getting a Broncos jersey of their choosing. I think in uh, January, yeah, it was Mike Ronquillo that won the jersey. This month for uh, February, it's none other than Tucson Phil. Tucson Phil, you've got a Broncos jersey of your choice coming your way. But first, there are some matters of business. you got to shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Tell us what jersey you want. But before you do this, by the way, Go to the actual team store. Make sure what you want and the size you want is available. We've run into this before. But uh, tell us what jersey you want. Tell us what size. And then obviously give us your shipping address. We'll get that out to you. But this is a small thank you for all the support. How many weeks is it now, Phil? I mean, it's I, I 50-something, something like that, throwing down stars on Facebook. So small thank you uh, from Zach, myself, Scott, all the dudes at MHH. Appreciate you. The February winner, Zach, of the Jersey giveaway, Phil McLaughlin. Thank you so much, Phil. And as Keith says here, congratulations. You definitely deserve it. Uh, I've always said, and I always will say, the Broncos have the best fan base on the planet. And we have, we're the luckiest podcasters around Chad to have the listeners and viewers that we do. And Phil, you are atop that. So thank you so much. While we're on the subject of the raffles, all right, your top five finishers in the month of February on YouTube when it comes to the super chat rankings. All right. I'm going to show you guys how it finished. We did our raffle. We did our drawing. I'll tell you who the winner is, but here's your top five finishers in the month of February on YouTube. The lady D climbed to number one, Renardo uh, Scavella, number two, the Duchess Michaela Parker at three. She climbed. She was like a second half of the, of the month firing away Broke into the top five. Legendary figure. Everyone knows the Duchess. Ethan, a.k.a. DWI, guys at four. Cross the pond. Love you, big dog. And F.A. at number five. Finishing in the top five with guys like Gary Palmer and John, a.k.a. Degeneration X, just outside the top five. So with that being said, the actual randomly selected raffle winner from the top five, Broncos jersey of their choosing coming their way, is none other than a Renardo. Wins himself a jersey. Now, Scott, I'm not sure if we've seen Renardo in tonight's stream or not, but Renardo, uh, if and when you see this, you'll see this in, at some point. Make sure, same thing we told Phil, go check and make sure what jersey you want is available in the team store, uh, and then shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail, with your jersey selection and the size and your shipping address. We'll get that right back to you, uh, shipped out to you, big dog. So thank you very much, Renardo. Much love and respect. Uh, appreciate everyone who contributes to MHH, whether it's stars, whether it's super chats, whether it's just being in the room with us and the conversation. So love you guys. Thank you, Phil. And he's here celebrating as he should be. He says, oh, my God, I never win anything. Thank you, MHH and Broncos mm-hmm. country. Love you all. Right back at you, Phil. Again, very well deserved. And I mean, look at the the support we have in here. Congratulations, Renardo. Congratulations, Renardo. We have even Michael Ronquillo coming in and saying, I said Phil deserves the February Facebook stars. You guys really are a very, very special community. And Chad and I and Scott talk about it literally every day, how lucky we are. Thank you all so much. No doubt. Much love. Okay. Last thing, guys, last thing is we also, every night at the end of the show, we say, hey, go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, uh, and it enters you into a drawing that we do at the end of each month. Winner, it's a, uh, we take the five-star names from the month in question, goes in a hat, same thing, randomly selected. They get a little thank you from us, some, some MHH swag. This month's winner is Caleb Mels, who threw down a five-star review on mhh apple podcast on the 27th of february thank you for the very generous uh five-star review thank you for uh throwing down like that brother so we just need you caleb to shoot us an email milehighhuddle at gmail let us know your t-shirt size and then also your shipping address we'll get a little thank you out to you so appreciate that all right zach let's uh segue back one other interesting thing we talk about how much of a wild man and just a a true uh soldier Derek Wolf was for the Denver Broncos. One of the ways that he was able to um, have that fire, that energy. I mean, we talked about a little bit anyway, scratched the surface on his upbringing, which was not good. That one anecdote I shared from his conversation with Joe Rogan is, is one of a few. He just had a very um, 
frankly, heartbreaking and some of the stories he shared, disturbing upbringing. Mm -hmm. But he landed on his feet thanks to his you know, motivation and his talent for, for football. But another way, Zach, that's, that's fuel coming from one bucket. Another bucket that helped fuel Derek Wolf, according to him. Now, he didn't, I don't think, going through the memory Rolodex here, I don't think he specified if this was an everyday thing or if this was at certain <laughs> during certain stretches of his uh, NFL playing career. But, uh, you know, we've heard about guys saying, hey, give me that Toradol shot right before the game because it's not only an anti-inflammatory painkiller, but it can kind of give guys a, a little bit of a rush where they, you know, they're not feeling the pain. Well, another thing that helped Wolf with that focus and that energy was, according to him, uh, no small amount of Adderall pregame and no small amount of microdosing uh, psychedelic mushrooms. Now, he's not out there like tripping out, hallucinating on mushrooms. He wouldn't be able to do the job, right? Microdosing it. I'm not an expert on this subject, but after I heard him say that, I did a little bit of research. And what I gathered is it is uh, a lot of different therapeutic medicinal um, benefits they're finding to microdosing it so that people don't get tripped out and like on some crazy hallucinogenic high. But in certain cases, it can help people with depression. Uh, people who are dealing with like terminal diseases have been told they only have six months to live. It makes them no longer fear death. I went down the rabbit hole learning about this after I, after I heard Derek Wolf say that. But another thing is microdosing at a specific level can also give energy and like razor sharp Zach focus so he wasn't saying anything at least from what i heard about like you know using steroids or anything like that but he did uh use some different pharmacological uh let's say tools <laughs> to uh, get him in the zone yeah i'm not speaking firsthand but you you nailed the word there medicinal people think of marijuana and mushrooms and everything as pure you know just awful hard drugs but there can be positive uses for it. and apparently Derek Wolf uh, found his use people laugh off Aaron Rodgers though for going on the Uhaka diet and going into a darkness retreat but this is another thing it's a lot more prevalent than you guys or a lot of people realize players during their playing days and sometimes on game day smoking marijuana or doing this drug or taking this shot Th these are gladiators these are warriors and sometimes whether you agree or not, you know, your moral convictions notwithstanding, they had that little edge they need to uh, put them over the hump. You know, it makes you wonder um, how you slide some of that stuff past the NFL's uh, testing protocols, right? Um, but I would be surprised. He might have actually let a cat out of the bag, and maybe not. Maybe the NFL's wise to this, but I'd be surprised if in their urinalysis panels, they're even testing for psilocybin, which is the psychoactive component that are that's in magic mushrooms. So anyway, um, quickly, George, thank you, brother. Appreciate the support. Thanks. He says uh, all you do for us, Bronco fans, Denver Bronx for life, MHH for life. Thank you, George. Appreciate your dedication and consistency contributing to the conversation every single night, just about dude. So appreciate that. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Now, we're not saying, make no mistake, Zach and I were not advocating uh, for people to go out and, uh, you know, use psychedelic mushrooms or marijuana for that matter. I'm not. But it is interesting on the mushroom side of things. What, what I learned about it is they are discovering a lot of benefits to it, not taking so much that you're a freaking zombie tripping out on the wall and stuff, but like... Tasting colors. <laughs> yes, we're not talking about dazed and confused over here. We're talking about at a very specific uh you know dosage that can yeah. can help but anyway i thought that was interesting hopefully he didn't uh ruin many other players that are still in the nfl that might be using that their tactics for game day but i thought that was curious for sure and i don't want to give too much of my own personal soapbox here but i'm so glad the nfl has kind of relaxed their marijuana laws and how they test for it i mean it's it's so prevalent nowadays and a lot of players use it to the point where i think the nfl feels it's it's stupid to even test for it it used to be chad speaking of, you know you mentioned when Derek wolf might have used those drugs it used to be where the nfl didn't start drug testing until literally 420 and if you know you know i don't know if it's still the case anymore but when the season ends players get pretty crazy and sometimes even during the season true absolutely true um okay Let's jump back into the chat here. Um, let's see. I saw one from this guy, this fellow right here, Josh Packer. Thanks, brother, for the stars. 
He wants to know, Zach, our top three free agents for the Broncos to sign. Um, you know, Von Bell, former Bengal, former Saint, has been connected to the Broncos uh, more as like speculation, like, hey, this would be a good fit. And the more I think about what the team needs next to Justin Simmons, Zach, and especially with Kareem Jackson, probably, of course, not being uh, brought back with this coaching staff, the more I like the idea of bringing in a very physical, uh, experienced safety. Von Bell's play uh, some big games, including the Super Bowl, um, but also goes back to New Orleans. There's a connection there. So I like the idea of Von Bell. I like the idea of, hey, pick a pick an offensive tackle. There's a few out there that you could come in and fill that right tackle spot, depending on how much money the Broncos are of a mind to spend, Zach, on the, on the position. But uh, Juwan Taylor from Jacksonville, Caleb McGarry. Um, who's the other one? The top big other big three guy. McGlinchey. I just brain farted. Pardon? Mike McGlinchey. Thank you. Yes. So there are some options there, and the Broncos are going to have more money to spend than people realize. Everybody keeps reading that, uh, you know, you go to like over the cap or spot rack or whatever, and you see, oh, nine point something. And once their actual cap rollover from last year gets added on top of this mm -hmm. thing, they're going to be in the low 20 millions in, in cap space uh, to play with before they make any roster cut potentially between now and the new league year opening to to create more cap space. Possible guys they could ask to they could either cut or ask to restructure include Graham Glasgow, uh, Ronald Darby, maybe even uh, the big guy, uh, Mike uh, Purcell. Purcell. So, I mean, maybe me going down the rabbit hole with the magic mushroom microdosing <laughs> affected my buffering speed here. But uh, anyway, what's who are some of the guys for, for Josh? <laughs> If they want to go after Von Bell, fine, but that can't happen until they lock down the offensive line. And I still want to see what Caden Stearns can be because when he's healthy, he looks like a playmaker opposite Simmons. My three linemen, you name the tackles, but they have uh, uh, Ben Powers out there, the guard. They have Ethan Pachik, the center. Uh, there's a lot of talented offensive linemen on the open market, about to hit the open market, that the Broncos have to address. And speaking in-house, I'd like for them to make a play to bring back Draymond Jones. I think Alex Singleton deserves um, a one-year deal to return as well. And uh, Chase Edmonds is a guy you're talking about cut candidates. They're going to free up a lot of money in a short period of time, and I would not be surprised if Edmonds is on the chopping block, six mil in their pocket. That'll bring you a free agent. Well said. John, a.k.a. D-Generation X, jumping in. Appreciate you, bud. He's saying, you know, this is, he's, this is not the first time he's mentioned – uh, publicly that he has Parkinson's and he says that certain marijuana gummies uh, he takes every day that if they're the right strain, give you energy. I don't know. I never got into that stuff. Um, I know people that do use it for different medicinal purposes. Like they get it from uh, a doctor or they go, you know, in Colorado, it's legal. You go down to the freaking corner store and get what you want, but to each their own, just, understand mhh is not advocating that in any way shape or form no i mean he's absolutely right though i mean it sounds like dx is using a sativa strain which gives you energy there are strains that make you more relaxed and sleepy so it's it's to each their own it's a personal choice and if it works for you then use it if not then don't use it simple as that uh fa wants to know with another top rope super chat dude thank you so thank much, you so much fa love you big dog what do you guys uh what do you guys think about taking a flyer on Hendon Hooker in the fifth round if he's there? Also, thoughts on bringing in Dalton Schultz. He can block. He can catch. I know we have Greg Dulcich and really excited for him. Um, if he's there in the fifth, dude, if he's there in the fifth, absolutely yeah. you take uh, a guy like Hooker. But uh, according to the draft dudes, he's probably not expected to even get past the third round. A lot of guys, even Scott Kennedy, think he's probably a second-round pick. Yeah. Yeah, when it's all said and done, I think a team is going to gamble on his uh, upside and potential. I think Scott's right. He'll go third round latest. In terms of uh, another tight end, again, they can go after a backup, even though would you, Chad, like to see what they can do with Albert O in a Sean Payton offense and a better yes. quarterback to Russell Wilson offense? They have yes. a tight end behind uh, Dulcich already, so I wouldn't necessarily spend the money on Schultz. He's going to command a multi-year deal if you don't have to. And again, I'm not going after anyone not named an offensive lineman until that front five is solidified. Got to take care of business. You got to get that handled. Um, who was it? Chris Sims, 
I believe uh, one of his little combine, you know, uh, media stops with a was it DenverBroncos.com. I want to say the guys on Saturday night, Orange and Blue View, Tom and, and Ron covered this, but he pre- he's predicting based on what he knows about Sean Payton, they're gonna they're gonna go big. Uh, not only spending money on the offensive line, Zach, but getting some big road graders, some big guys. You have to. Lot, it, he brings up a good point. Uh, I don't have the quote right in front of me, so I can't I can't quote him verbatim. But to paraphrase Sims, he's like, "Look, the perception fans have about Sean Payton as an offensive, um, you know, mind is that you know aerial attack, throwing the ball all the time, all these points, all these yards. Drew Brees' massive career." you know, how many times he was over 5,000 yards passing. That's kind of the perception, but the reality is, too, Sean Payton comes from the Bill Parcells tree, and the Bill Parcells DNA is smash mouth. Offensively, what does that mean? You got to be physical. You got to run the ball. And that also starts with getting the right offensive lineman with not only that mindset, but, like, the physical ability to do those things. So they're going to get after it, I think, spend some money on that side of things, and then we can grab David. Yeah, I mean, I'm – you mentioned the running game and it made me think they've had very potent running backs come through new Orleans in uh, Sean Payton's time as well. It wasn't just Drew Brees. I mean, you're talking even back to Deuce McAllister in 09, then Chris Ivory, Latavius Murray, and now with Alvin Kamara. And in order to run the ball, in order to quarterback efficiently, in order to pass the ball, in order to do anything, Chad, you have to block up front. I'm pretty sure Sean Payton understands that. And finally, God willing, the Broncos will be putting legitimate invent resources into that side of the inventory on the offensive line. David, number two tonight. Bro, thank you. He says, Wolf probably got the mushrooms from Jake the Snake Plumber. Yeah, we that's that's uh, uh, more than an interest in the pursuit for Jake the Snake. But Jake has always kind of been a rebel and a punk rocker and, you know, a hippie in his own way, too. I mean, the long hair and the long beard back before that was uh, a trendy thing. Uh, but yes, you're probably right on that front, or at least, you know, that's something the two of them have in common for sure. He turned it into a business plumber did. Yep. I mean, he's very um, successful in that industry. And that's again, if it helps you like it helped Jake Plummer, then go for it. Um, Derek Wolf, uh, a few other things really that's, that's worth, mentioning here tonight i mean not worth mentioning every almost everything about that conversation uh was worth mentioning but um he talked about i think it was called epm or edm but he had all this trauma right that if you go if you if you go through any kind of uh, traumatic upbringing or um, experience something an incident or anything like that uh it can leave lasting psychic uh psychiatric trauma and a lot of times people aren't cognizant that they're dealing with even like very competent, productive, successful people in the world that came from or had experiences in the past that did traumatize them. In many respects, they don't realize that they are even traumatized and it takes uh, certain things happening to, to make them um, realize that that's there. And then they can seek out different forms of help to, to figure it out. And one of the ways Derek Wolf um, solved his trauma was through a, a, a kind of treatment that is through like lights you, they flash lights in your eyes and it creates puts puts the person who's t- who's taking the therapy into like a trance-like state and in that trance-like state it's not like hypnotism where then you're suggestible and they're trying to get you to like recall things or anything like that but that it actually like takes your your current presence of mind right your current like focus here i am i'm sitting in front of a microphone i look at the screen there's Zach. that's my present focus that's reality around me right now. But in this treatment uh, uh, environment, the lights, this and that takes you back. You see things like you're watching a movie, according to Wolf, where like you see the things that happened to you as a kid or whatever it was that traumatized you. And through different uh, different applications and many times going back for this treatment, he discovered a lot of things about himself and realized where the trauma came from. And he, and you know, it's Joe Rogan podcast. So they get in, they get out into the weeds with some like just kind of wacky fun um, theories and stuff. But Wolf says one of his memories was like DNA memory, meaning things that happened to your ancestors that might've, and this is a thing that exists out there. People believe this more and more. There's science documenting this stuff that like my great, great, great grandpa might've fought in some war 
and might something might have happened to him. He'd been brutalized one way or another, whatever. And that trauma gets actually passed down through DNA. You don't have any memory of it, but you have this trauma. You don't know where it comes from. He says, Zach, he went back and saw like Viking things because he doesn't know who his true biological father is. Uh, and he did the DNA thing where, you know, whatever his ancestry.com or whatever, 23 me. And he found out that most of his DNA comes from uh, like Scandinavia, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, these places where the Vikings come from, right? I'm about to serve this back to you. And so in this EDM, EPM, whatever it's called, I apologize, I can't remember the exact acronym. He went back and he saw like his ancestors and this this stuff happening to him. It was wild. Guys, if you have not listened to the Derek Wolf uh, conversation with Joe Rogan, even if you're not into the Joe Rogan podcast, I promise you it's worth a listen. But um, long story short, he looks like a Viking for a reason. Like that's basically where he comes from. Are we sure he didn't pop one of those mushrooms before doing <laughs> Rogan? It's, I mean, all jokes aside, I, it, it does suck that childhood trauma and uh, things that happen to you at a young age can can affect your entire life. We learned from the greatest show of all time, Chad, that it goes back to your childhood and parenting and, you know, mother issues or this or that. I'm happy, though, for Derek. He's been uh, haunted for way too long, apparently, it seems like, and he's getting the help that he needs, and he's working through it. So uh, more power to him, and I hope he um, finds his happiness and his uh, true DNA. Uh, Josh, no, we're not talking about DMT, which is another psychotropic trip-type drug uh, that people have, like, spiritual experiences. It's a form of therapy, EPM, EPM therapy. I can't remember. I'll have to... I should have been more prepared on that. I'm just kind of going off the off the cuff. Maybe I'll I'll uh, go back and give you more information when next we speak tomorrow. But but yeah, kind of wild some of that stuff that we learn about from uh, Derek Wolf. Hopefully you guys checked it out. But uh, all right, back to the chat. I want to grab this from Keith. Appreciate your brother being in the in the chat tonight. He says Chris Sims admitted he was in the drug program every year that he was in the league solely because of his marijuana use. Zach. This is something that is a kind of a bone that gets stuck in um, your cross, so to speak. The whole marijuana thing. Do you feel like the league really is lightening up on that a little bit? They are. They've relaxed the testing rules and what could trigger a suspension. And uh, it's well past time for that. Again, I don't want to make this into a political thing or or any sort of idealistical podcast, but it's 2023 and so many players – unbeknownst to the NFL or known to them smoke marijuana. So many people nowadays in one way or the other consume marijuana. And I think Goodell, it was a little progressive in that department. And he realized that if you, if, if you crack down on every person who uses marijuana, you're probably flagging two quarters of the league, you know, half of the league or three quarters of the league. So I'm glad they made that change for sure. Personally. Yeah, would have been really nice for young Von Miller back in the day when he started having his (laughs) problems. Um, But, you know, things happen for a reason. I think Von Miller, it had to happen that way for him to become the player that he became because it was a big motivating factor behind the Broncos signing DeMarcus Ware after the Cowboys uh, released him. And then, of course, we know what happens from there. Gets under the wing of DeMarcus Ware and they go on to Pro Bowls, win lots of games, win divisions, win a Super Bowl together. On the Von Miller subject, though, quite interesting, Zach. Uh, we learned he uh, has been shadowing, or at the Combine this last week, he shadowed uh, Bill's GM, mm-hmm. uh, the Bill's GM, to uh, basically learn the ropes. He wants to become a GM, and he claims that he was an, he, his original inspiration for wanting to pursue that as his after-playing career, his post-playing career, uh, was John Elway himself. What were your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, and he watched John Lynch shadow John Elway before Lynch became a GM in San Francisco. I think he can kill it. Anything he puts his mind to, if he wants to be a chicken farmer, Chad, he can be a chicken farmer. He wants to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Vaughn can do that. I have no doubt about it that he has the acumen and the knowledge to be a front office executive one day. I love also the other comments he made when he was asked about the Broncos. He goes, listen, I'm a Bronco for life. It'll always be in my heart. I'll always revert back to that organization. He has nothing but good things to say about even Elway, who he had that standoff with before he got his big contract. So I love when Vaughn, we all miss him, but I love when he talks kindly and and finally about the Broncos because he will always be a Bronco for life. Agreed. Agreed. I think also it's fun to go back when you think about how John Elway, according to Vaughn, inspired him to – to that 
um, aspiration, you know, things didn't end so well with the John Elway front office uh, era. But it's important to remember that his first five years as a GM in the league were unprecedented, literally. Like I could go back and find some of the articles I wrote um, after I did the uh, research and, you know, the Broncos PR department would send us a lot of different historical, um, you know, points of John Elway's accomplishments as an NFL GM. But John Elway, you know, I think, Zach, the farther time we march away, you know, out from when he was calling the shots in Denver, the more people will reflect back on the good things, the first half of his time in Denver, the things that he did as a GM instead of right now where it feels like in some sense his legacy was tarnished by those last five seasons uh, as the ultimate football executive for the Broncos. I can't find the exact quote, but um, Vaughn pretty much said, John Elway won a Super Bowl on the field and off the field. He's the GOAT. And I, I think you're right. We all – you know, clown Elway for the Case Keesum moments and, uh, you know, good for you, bud, drunk moments that John Elway had or the head coaching hirings that, that didn't go well, the quarterback whiffs, but he did way more good than bad during his time at GM. He brought Denver another title, and that's how he should be remembered. I think he was pretty damn good. Yes, indeed. Um, I keep getting distracted by this this Derek Wolf therapy. Michaela Israel, um, by the way, shout out to Cooper. Uh, awesome profile pick. If you can't make out, they're both rocking MHH swag in her YouTube profile pick. That might be it. Um, I'm going to have to circle back and re-listen to that stretch because I want to say it was the three-letter acronym that Wolf was talking about. But it's wild. Like what, what he says um, he experienced in that state is is quite, quite wild. Um, but Zach, I don't know. We're, we're at 43 minutes, but I think we've covered most of the ground we want to cover tonight. Unless there's anything else uh, that's happened over the last couple of days that you feel like we need to dive into. No, I think you nailed it when you said it's been sleepy and not a lot of hype around the combine. As the signing period, we're in March now, thankfully, and as free agency grows closer, we'll have more rumors and uh, speculation coming out. So we'll be sure to ramp up, but nothing I, that I can think of right now. One last subject I want to bring up is uh Chris Sims actual an, a few other things that were from that same uh, interview segment on the subject of the Broncos outlook moving forward and specifically what Sean Payton means to this team as a hire. He said that he's the perfect guy. Now, look, let's not lionize Chris Sims in terms of let's remember what he accomplished as an NFL player. Nothing. All right. He, he spent one season in Denver as a as a backup quarterback to Kyle Orton. Uh, but he was so bad, former Southpaw, right, uh, or Southpaw, but uh, he was so bad that even when Kyle Orton got hurt and he got his big moment, this, as soon as Josh McDaniels could get Kyle Orton back on the field, he did. And I don't say that to take anything away from Chris Sims, but at least his dad, Phil Sims, who, of course, longtime career as a, as a color commentary guy and just NFL analyst, you know, he's got some bona fides, Zach, some skins on the wall, uh, won a Super Bowl, former Super Bowl MVP. Chris didn't reach those particular heights as a player. He didn't quite follow in Papa's footsteps, but being that as as it may, he is becoming a, a much more, I'll just say his NFL media stars burning brighter and brighter as time marches on. And he said that Sean Payton is the perfect guy uh, to basically mix with Russ. So if you were going into this offseason looking for the perfect coach to turn the ship around with Russ, the Broncos couldn't have found a better head coach. Love you, Phil. Thank you, bud. Didn't Chris Sims get his spleen or uh, some other organ obliterated during a game? Or am I thinking of a different quarterback? Um, Was that Sims? Well, I remember that happened to, of course, Andrew Luck got his spleen ruptured by Danny Trevathan. I, I um, thought it was Sims who had a massive injury, but regardless, you know, another country heard from, I do appreciate his two cents on the matter, but it's fairly obvious. If Sean Payton can't turn Russell Wilson around, I don't think many people or coaches can. See, Sims suffered a season-ending injury in game three of the 20, uh, 2006 schedule, taken off the field after a hit against the Panthers. Uh, yeah, ruptured spleen. My yes, memory he also defeated. suffered a ruptured spleen, Zach. So last thing, lost five pints of blood before his operation and conceded that another 45 minutes without treatment would have been fatal, etc. So, yes, you were right on that. Good memory. 
I think after that I'd go into media too if my spleen ruptured on <laughs> the sure, table. Dude. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah, it's his uh, analysis and commentary is definitely noteworthy and, and if anything uh, encouraging. All right, guys, we love you. We got a few messages though before we dip out, so don't leave quite yet. Yes, that was the Mile High Huddle podcast. If you're not doing so and you have a Twitter account, which you probably should, go to uh, Twitter and follow us at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL. And Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some Buckham merchandise or any of our other inventory, check it out when you can. MHHmerch.com. A lot of cool things on there. And if you haven't, go to Facebook.com slash Pod. Be sure you're liking that page, following that page. And guys and gals, if you haven't as well, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that sweet merch each and every single month. But if anything, and as always, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Mm, man, it's impossible to anticipate the tempo <laughs> and meter of the just like you know. Got to keep you guessing. Um, indeed. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook. Marcus Lewis, Hannah, Phil McLaughlin. Uh, congrats on the jersey, big dog. Michael Ronquillo. The January Jersey winner, Josh Packer, George Fox, Chad Beach. Uh, and then also on YouTube, these great Super Chat superstars. Keeping the lights on, David McElrath, F.A. Congrats, big dog, by the way. Again, uh, John, a.k.a. Degeneration X. All of you, appreciate you so much. Thanks for joining us tonight. We'll see what happens tomorrow because we're back in the saddle and we'll look forward to keeping the conversation going with you then. Have a great start to your week, guys and gals. We'll see you tomorrow night. Take care and as always... Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase, plus get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.